Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. Uh, I'm Sam Prevo. I'm a senior editor at Pucker Up Sports, and I'm joined by Jennifer Molia, who's a writer at Pucker Up Sports and also now a podcaster at Pucker Up Sports. Shout out. <laughs> Uh, Ariel Melendez, also a writer for Pucker Up, and I guess also a podcast host for a bunch of beauties here. Yeah, we're we're so we're doing cute. it. We're doing the thing. Doing it. Um. So before we get into all the news, since we did talk about them for two episodes straight, we do have to acknowledge that the Buffalo Sabers won a game. Yay! They won a game. They <laughs> Yeah. And then they promptly lost the next one. So they're back on a losing streak. Gosh. <laughs> when I when I saw that they finally won, I literally thought of you guys immediately. I was like, oh my god. Well, I, I thought like, of Ariel because amazing. I was like, oh, sh- oh shit, it's against the Flyers. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. and I watched that whole game. And Sound Brandon broke. Montour broke a record for like the fast, like the fastest shorthanded goals back to back by a defenseman ever or something. Yeah, oofy. That was big oof. A moment. Big oof. But we don't need to dwell on that because it's <laughs> well, not. I'd rather activity. not. So. They're they're back on a losing streak anyway. So, but so we just fine. had to say congrats to the Sabers for having a one game winning streak and promptly starting a losing streak again. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Um. So I think. The thing that I really want to talk about, because I saw it last yesterday, and I nearly lost my mind. Brandon Dubinsky, because he's not playing right now, yeah, but he has Twitter. I saw this. And he tweeted a thing. He tweeted, quote, listen, period. So that's how you listen. already know he's about to go off. Listen. <laughs> Crosby is better than me. He used the wrong then. I yep. never said he wasn't. He's obviously one of the best ever. It was Ovi. He tagged Ovi. It was Ovi versus Sid. None of you played in the NHL and know how hard it is to score goals in the NHL. 724 is insane. This is the part. Sid just whined way too much and Ovi shut up and played hard. And then he tweeted a, 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 a picture, a screenshot of hockey reference, which... Okay, he pu- compared Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin's regular season uh, statistics. God, this was unprompted. <laughs> I don't know what. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know where this came from. It just came up on my timeline. I'm like, what? Yeah, I I saw it and I immediately thought of. Okay, well, I I might need to be corrected, but he was the player who was like, I'm not racist. I watched Hidden Figures. Right. This was also Dubinsky. Maybe. I don't remember that. <laughs> because Okay. Because a couple, I want to say it was like late May, early June 2020. Did he tweet like, it? Can I go look for it? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if it's still on Twitter. I, I could Google. I could do a little Google. But I, it was like late May, early June, like when there were like a lot of like protests and like Black Lives Matter stuff was like really gaining traction. And I remember like, obviously he didn't say it word for word, but it was to the effect of like, yeah, I'm educated about race issues. You all should watch Hidden Figures. Like, oh that was the God. sentiment. <laughs> Why does he, what, like, where does he come from with these tweets? I don't but understand. I, and, like, it it was, like, low-key upsetting because, I mean, Sam, I'm sure you can relate. Like, I loved Dubinsky when he was on the Rangers. Like when he Oh, was, I didn't. Like, okay, well, 
I loved him when he was on the Rangers, like, because he was, like, he was, like, this young player, like, coming up, and I was, like, I was probably, like, 10 or 11. Like, I was, like, young when he first started playing for the Rangers, and he was one of my, like, first favorite players, like, just, like, names that I remembered, like, when you started, like, remembering player names, and then, like, watching him become this was, what's the phrase that's, like, seeing Superman in a fat suit? Like, it was, like, it was a little. Oh, I was thinking like you either become a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> no, literally, like that. that's it. Whatever that, whatever that one is, that's what I was thinking about. This that's... is villain, villain origin story. No, fully. Um, I never really liked him on the Rangers. That was that's that's one of my hot Rangers takes. I because he talks about whining. That's all he did with the Rangers. He he <laughs> I, he had very contentious like salary arbitration, like contract negotiations with them. Yeah, he was he was pissed when uh, Callie became captain and he didn't. Like, there was a lot there. I just never, I just never really uh, liked him. And then, like, he went to Columbus, and I was like, cool. And and now, <laughs> cool. and then I liked his little like rivalry thing with Crosby. I thought it was funny. And then he yeah. just comes out of nowhere and tweets this. <laughs> and can't. he didn't really get ratioed, but he it has I four point five k likes and it has one point six k replies. Well, I was gonna say it's got about a thousand quote tweets. Yeah. Uh, so someone replied to him with a gif of Crosby lifting the cup. Yeah, and then Ovi lifting <laughs> yeah. the cup too. Oh God, I just, That's I cool. just love how this. Like, I just don't think anything prompted this. I love when players just come out of left field with this stuff and give me content to talk about. What I don't understand is if nothing prompted this, why does he go, Crosby's better than me? I never said he wasn't. Yeah, like... Like, nobody, nobody said you did, because you're not. Why is... Because, no offense, Brandon, no one's talking about you in the year of our Lord, 2021. No, fully, yeah. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part of uh, it. I mean... To be fair, he did make a good point that scoring goals in the NHL is hard. That was and probably the that, only oh, good scoring. That's the rational thought there. Like, everything else is just, like, nonsense, and the middle makes sense. Okay, I have a clarification to make. Brandon Prust was oh, the Brandon one. Oh, Brandon Prust. Yeah, yeah. He, okay. he was my favorite Ranger for a really long time, he, and, and he took a 180 as a person. That makes more yeah, sense. He, he was the I got my Brandon's mixed up, but I I was like on Twitter searching like yeah yeah that, I think now that I now that you said that I do remember that because I like I said I loved Brandon Press I absolutely adored him yeah. and then he just I don't know what happened to him yeah the tweet I think it was deleted but on April twenty first twenty twenty Brandon Press tweeted in in a reply to someone he said oh and now we can't call black women racist dot 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 why. Because she's black and a woman, dot, dot, dot. Okay, sorry. Every black woman, with an E, can do whatever, two separate words, whatever, they want. Well, I watch Hidden Figures ten times and cry every time because it's pure beauty. What does that even mean? Noted racial ally, Brandon I don't Prost. have any rational thoughts to respond to that with. Uh, and I want- just... This is we want hockeys to have personality and then they have and like then they join social media and do stuff like this. Like this isn't what I meant. And like this isn't what we meant. <laughs> it's funny though because it's kind of become like a joke on hockey Twitter, like after it happened. Like um I I saw um Josh Vina, who's at his ice hockey stick, 
I think like she made like shirts and stickers that say like have you watched Hidden Figures today it doesn't count unless you cried or something like that oh like my God. <laughs> So that's my that's my little brain connection <sighs> that I made he also has. A, he also felt the need to tweet the announcement that he's on Insta, uh, Brandon Dubinsky. That is, and yeah. He tweeted in in February that he that he announced on Twitter that he has Instagram. <laughs> Why not? I can't. He's I like, can't. I'm now an Instagrammer. Just kidding. I met so many amazing friends, teammates, and fans along this journey. I hope I can use these platforms to stay connected to all of you. Follow me on Instagram, and I then. <laughs> Two tweets later, he retweeted Brandon Prust. <laughs> so it comes full circle, guys. It does come full circle, guys. So Brand- remember to watch Hidden Figures today. You and know? cry. Do your due diligence. You gotta cry. I can't. I can't. Oh my god. All right. Well, that On was that just a little uh, fun thing to start off with because I just found that highly entertaining. Um, yeah, really. I... You know what? Let's not take a hard left. We'll talk about that next. But let's talk about um, a lot of... So the NCAA hockey season is basically over. Um, we're down to the, the the end here. And so a lot of teams are done with their season, meaning a lot of young prospects are leaving their colleges and signing NHL contracts. Right. So I didn't... I was trying... I was like, oh, hopefully someone put out a whole list. The USCHL has a whole list. So you can find it. Um... But there are some really notable signings uh, across seniors and underclassmen. Um, so I just wanted to name some of them because I, I think it's interesting the way that the NCAA has grown as like not just like the Boston and Minnesota schools, like all across the board, the NCAA is like a hot hot spot for prospects right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, Josiah Slavin, uh, brother of Jacob Slavin, signed with Chicago. Uh, Tice Thompson, Tage Thompson's brother, signed with the Devils. Cole Caulfield, the phenom out of Wisconsin, signed with Montreal. I mean, what else can you call him? Yeah, really. Uh, Peter Deliberatore from Quinnipiac, signed with Vegas. Um, Matt Boldy, signed with Minnesota. Cam York, signed with Philly. Alex Newhook, signed with Colorado. Spencer Knight, signed with Florida. I mean, Shane Pinto at in, in Ottawa. And that's just the underclassmen. Because seniors, you have uh, Odin Tufto, and I'm trying to see who else. Uh, like this, uh, like these kids who had really great seasons. Uh, a goalie who had a, from the goalie from Robert Morris. He had a 903 save percentage. He's going to the Wheeling Nailers. Um, so it's it's cool to see. Because I I mean, as someone who went, I went to Quinnipiac, so I'm big into college hockey. To see all these prospects, not even just Quinnipiac's prospects, but to see like college kids going to the NHL and in a huge wave like this is really cool for sure I agree and I think that like it's weird in the NHL because you have things like um like in the OHL how like if they like you enough they'll just draft you at 14 so like I feel like it's it's rare to see players like go to college period and to play throughout college and then sign with the NHL I think it's really cool to see especially because like it's not really a precedent in the NHL as much as it might be like in the NFL it's like a much bigger thing. So I agree. I think it's really cool. And I think, I think there's just something special about college hockey. Like, I guess there's something special about college sports in general, but like college hockey, like she's just built different. Like there's just, she is. there's just something about her. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I think it's really cool to see. Yeah. And I like, I think there's always that, like, 
people are afraid with like basketball, like the whole like one and done thing. You go play mm-hmm. your freshman year and then you leave to go to the NBA. Yeah. I think it's cool that a lot of these kids, like there's a long list of seniors that played their entire four years at, at college and then found their way into the NHL still. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so I think it's cool that, you know, these kids are actually like going to like finishing out college for sure and, pl- mm-hmm. and playing, not just uh, like going for. And then but even the underclassmen too, like so a lot of players I've I've know like I've heard of um, who left college early, finished their degree. Yeah, so that's so. cool. Like uh, Chris Kreider finished his degree. Um, actually, I saw a TikTok. Ryan McDonough is finishing his degree right now. I saw that at too. Wisconsin. Yeah. How in like in his bio, he was like, "I also play hockey in the NHL." I was like, "Imagine you're like on blackboard and you see that." Like, I would right? lose Imagine my mind. Imagine you're in a lecture and all of a sudden Ryan McDonough's there, like, "Hey guys, I'm Ryan." Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I think it's cool. He's going back to his alma mater online to finish his yeah. degree. So. It's really cool. I think the NCAA, I mean, especially like certain schools are really like growing the pro- their programs. And it's just so cool to see because the Frozen Four is a much smaller tournament than, let's say, March Madness. But yeah. it's, gro- yeah. it's growing in a lot. And like schools like Arizona, I think it's Arizona State, um, got a D1 program and they're really building their program there. So and Eddie Lack is a coach or something there. So it's super oh. cool to yeah. see. I think it's That's Arizona awesome. State, but yeah. yeah, I just thought that was something really interesting, and and Ariel obviously has more insight into like Cam Cam York signing yeah. with the Flyers and the impact he's gonna have. But I think it's super cool. Yeah, um, I think before I kind of touch on Cam York just a little bit because I I don't have like a full full scouting report, but I, I've seen him a little bit. Um, I think you're really seeing the NCAA is kind of been a really good breeding ground for a lot of these players because you're really seeing. Um, I, I mean, you're not necessarily always seeing a lot of them go the full four years in school, but I don't know how often you see them just after their freshman year. They're at least yeah. going yeah. a couple years. I think, I know Joel Farabee, I believe, only did his freshman year, but he kind of broke out in his freshman year. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. turned pro. But you're seeing kind of a lot of those at least go a couple years and kind of get you know not getting that full college education obviously but yeah like you guys said a lot of guys going back to then finish so I I Mm -hmm. think the NCAA has really been doing a good job at kind of getting these guys ready even if they do decide to leave early knowing they could always come back later on to finish the degree um but with Cam York I know he's going to go to the Phantoms to start that was always the expectation And I think Mm -hmm. there always was also that expectation that he wasn't going to come after his freshman year like some people thought he might. There there was Mm -hmm. a brief thought among some fans that he was going to turn pro after his freshman year. But, you know, with the injury he suffered, he wanted to go back and give it another shot. And I don't blame him. I thought very, very small when Michigan had to pull out of the tournament. Um, because of a couple players testing positive. I had the slightest thought, even though I didn't like post this way, that maybe he's going to go back because he wanted that chance. He was so close and wanted that chance. But I was also like, Flyers, get on it. Sign him. Like, it's going to happen. They need him, right? So So he is going to start with the Phantoms first. And funny enough, he actually is going to talk to the media later today. So we'll probably find out a a little bit more about that. Um, he's apparently talking, I don't know, with Chuck Fletcher or after Chuck Fletcher um, okay. to kind of, I guess, talk about the signing and I guess what they expect from him. So hopefully I'll be able to have a couple quotes about that a little bit later on. 
But he, he is kind of someone they really could use right now, but he does need that AHL time first just because I, I'm going to go ahead and say he probably wasn't the one one of the players to test positive if he's ready to join the Phantoms yet. But he yeah. still needs that time to play considering how yeah. long it was from the end of their actual season to the NCAA tournament that they ended up not getting to play in. So he's going to need yeah. that time down in the AHL, but I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, is good there, basically, uh, that they call him up at some point towards the end of the season, depending on what they do at the trade deadline. But he's kind of one of those guys. We saw it at Michigan, and we saw it um, at the World Juniors um, when he camped in USA to gold on what he's able to bring. And now he's not afraid to jump up in the play if he sees he can take advantage. And he usually is able to take advantage of that. So I, I think getting a good couple, you know, I don't even know if it's weeks, however long they're going to let him go around in the AHL. If mm-hmm. if they think he's ready, I don't see them hesitating to bring him up to the NHL. Yeah, I think I think this season's different because normally, I mean, because I was going to bring up Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. Um, normally... Uh, the playoffs are around now. So when yeah. when the kids are finishing their college season, they jump right into the playoffs. Chris Kreider did it. Kale mm-hmm. McCarr did it more recently. And there's plenty of other examples. But this is a little different in the fact that we're in the in the home stretch of the regular season now. Mm-hmm. So I could see like either Cam just staying in the in the Phantoms to get some pro experience, and then if the Flyers think they're not going to make the playoffs, holding off, or if they think they can make a push bringing him Well, in. the the interesting thing about that is when they put out the press release and they say, oh, sign his entry-level contract, it will begin so-and-so. It's usually like, oh, it'll begin next year. No, that contract's this beginning this year. So I yeah. think they see him coming up at some point. If they're going to start the contract this year and burn that first year, I mean, they can yeah. always slide it if it if he ends up not. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I think that's how it works. If he doesn't come up, yeah. So if, it, if he doesn't play, I forget what the limit is this year with the shorter season. Maybe it's seven games. If he doesn't play seven, yeah, yeah, then, yeah. then he, then he's still games. on a three year contract. But it's in, I think they're leaving the door open. Then if they're saying it begins this year, it seems like uh, mm-hmm. well, if you impress in the AHL and we think you can help us, then you're going to come up at some point. Yeah, a more a more interesting case to me, I think, because like I think Cam, like you said, I think Cam is doing more of a, a maybe it's more of like a conditioning stint, kind of. I, I can and that. that and then getting called up. I think a more interesting case is Cole Caulfield mm-hmm. out of Wisconsin because I think he's an NHL player right now. Yeah, Probably. I mean the I way he played the the way he played in the World Juniors, the way he just absolutely dominated with Wisconsin, like. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be in an NHL lineup right now. And he mm-hmm. signed with he signed with Montreal. I think Montreal stole him in the draft. I think GMs are still no matter how many times they're proven wrong, they're still scared of drafting undersized players. Yeah. And it's yeah. so foolish to me. However, uh he signed with Montreal and they're just sending him they're sending him to the AHL, they're sending him to Laval. And if they they need scoring and he's right there, I don't I just don't get it. I think and that's he's silly. Right there. And and Wisconsin played in the NCAA tournament, right? They got beat, but they played. So it's not like he hasn't played in in a hot minute. He's ready to go. He's been playing all year. So I don't know. That's a weird situation to me. I wonder if they just want to see what he does in the AHL, like Trevor Zegras, and then bring him up. I don't know. Yeah, I I think it's tough when they're making that transition because, like, I feel like I say it all the time that like. 
college hockey or OHL hockey. Well, college hockey and OHL hockey are very different. And then those in, in and of themselves are different from AHL hockey. And then AHL hockey is a huge step under the NHL. And I think that you have a lot of players that their skill translates really well, like from wherever they came from to AHL to NHL. And I think that you also have a lot of players that look like they're going to be absolute beasts when they're in like OHL or college. And then they get worse in the AHL or maybe they get exponentially better in the AHL. So I think that generally it's a smart move like to bring them into the AHL first. But like you said, this season is so weird with timing and playoffs and everything. Like I, I don't know if there's a right answer. Like, I feel like I started talking, like going to make a statement. I don't think I have a statement. I think this season is just weird. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, I think it's weird because right normally around now teams would know if they're going to the playoffs or be gearing up for the playoffs. So that's when you sign the college kids and say like, we want to see you in the playoffs, like a kale Mm -hmm. situation. So I think it's a little different now where these college free agents are available and you want to sign or college or your draft pick picks are available and you want to sign them yeah you also don't know like should we even bother wasting the year on the on the entry level if we're not going to make the playoffs or if it's not going to be worth it basically so I think Mm -hmm. it's so Cam's a great example of that but I but I just think Cole is so obviously an NHL Mm -hmm. player right now I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess Trevor Zegras was too, and he did play in the A for a little bit, but he almost immediately went back up to the Ducks because yeah. he absolutely destroyed it in the in the A. So well, his situation has been interesting in Anaheim too. I, I've kind of noticed just because they've played um, the Blues a couple times, so I've been able to hear a little bit about him. And apparently, they're kind of treating him really weird in Anaheim. Like they're playing him and then they're scratching him and then they're playing him. Yeah, and scratching he's been him. up and down. And now and... he's on the top line. So I'm like, I don't really know. Like, I know it took him a little bit to get his first goal, but he was still very impressive in his first couple games. Mm-hmm. Like, the kid tried the Michigan. Like, he straight up tried <laughs> he the He did try the Michigan. Like, he straight up <laughs> almost scored. I'm pretty sure against the Blues. Almost scored on that goal. Like, that was a kid who had a lot of confidence, especially coming off the World Juniors. So if that's mm-hmm. the way he's being treated in Anaheim, that's a little like. Is this something else going on? Like, are they just mm-hmm. trying to keep him fresh um, for, like, the fresh yeah. run? Because then you put him on the top line and you're like, no, are we like him. Um, and I'm, that's a very um, good question. Because that I'm division, I'm, no, that's a different, well, I'm thinking of two different divisions here. The Oh, I went right by it. Oh, they are very much in last place in their <laughs> division. Very much in last place. I knew they were pretty they low. Have a, they, they were pretty low. They're they're 11, 21, and 6. Love that for them. With a minus yeah. 42 goal differential. So I don't think I that's I knew the, that because I was thing. telling my friend about goal differentials yesterday. Um, I just – I think that situation's weird. I don't know if it's because Anaheim doesn't really have an identity yet. Like, they they still have a lot of really young players. Bless you. Thank they you. still have a lot of really young players in their in a build. Bless you. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if that's it, but confidence is definitely the word to describe him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, just going off he, the world juniors. He exudes <laughs> confidence. But, I mean, he's been successful so far. Him and Jamie Drysdale scored their first goals on the same night, mm-hmm. which is so cute. But <laughs> which is so um, cute. it's just super cool. I mean, especially since most of these kids are American, just to see, like, USA hockey, like, come through mm-hmm. like this is super cool. Um, and to see the NCAA just become a big – breeding ground for these top tier 
NHL players is super cool. And not and like I said, not just from your typical like Minnesota Boston College. Yeah. From yeah. other schools as well. Um I mean, there's obviously issues with the NCAA and and players having amateur status and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, but at, on the base level, because we don't need to get into all that. On the base level, it's it's exciting and cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, honestly, yeah, just touching on the NCAA thing, just real quick, uh, while we're still there and, and kind of talking about the guys who stayed all four years, is the Flyers actually did have two guys who uh, signed this off season that did stay all four years in college, um, and we might actually see a debut today um, for Tanner Luzinski. Um, he played four oh, cool. years at Ohio State. Um, didn't have a chance to compete in Flyers training camp where Chuck Fletcher had said he was one of the guys who had a chance to take a spot at a camp um, because he was still recovering from surgery. Um, but he's looked really, really good in um, the AHL with the Phantoms. He's got um, six goals um, and four assists over 14 games. Um, and those six goals have come in oh, the wow. last five. Um, I know oh, wow. he scored like an incredible goal the other day. Um, I can't remember exactly what happened. But um, they called him up to the taxi squad yesterday along with Linus Sandine. Um, I don't think Sandine's going to play. It didn't look like he was. It looked like he was still with the taxi squad guys yesterday. Um, but the expectation is Lazinski will play today. Um, so it's like the millionth different lineup uh, the Flyers will have today. But I think it's pretty <laughs> exciting for a guy like him who went all four years and kind of was one of the top guys for Ohio State. Um, I know his last couple years he was pretty successful. Um, in the Big Ten. So, you know, kind of showing that even staying off four years um, can really can really be a positive for some of those guys just to keep that confidence. Um, yeah. And know that even though, you know, you've been you were drafted a little while ago, like you're still in the mix and you still yeah. have a chance um, to make the team. Because, like I said, I don't, if he didn't have the surgery in the offseason, he was expected to be one of those guys to fight for a spot. That's awesome. I think also for guys who say all four years, like you build up your stock, I guess, like even if you don't want to go to the team that drafted you necessarily, like for example, uh, Chase Prisky, who um, played for Quinnipiac. He was, a, he was uh, our captain for a bit. Um, he was drafted by Washington. and But over his time at Quinnipiac, he just became this like insane he was up for um he was he got made it pretty far in the Hobie Baker uh conversation his senior year um and then he went to free agency and had a few teams interested in him and he ended up signing with Carolina but and and ultimately was traded to Florida but I think those opportunities came for him because he stayed and worked on his game and there's plenty of examples from from Quinnipiac like that like this year Odin Tufto um I remember watching him play early on in his career because I was still I was still there, um, but he became like a all around kind of forward, and he is really he also was was in the Hobie Baker discussion uh, this season, and now he's uh, signed as a free agent with Tampa. So that's that opportunity came to him because he you know stayed all four years with For sure. with Rand Packnold in the squad, um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's. I, I I love seeing NCAA signing season. It's just fun. Um, there's no easy way to take a hard left into this, so I'm just going to dive into it because I think we should talk about it. Um, Vancouver has is so for a while the North Division didn't have any COVID issues, which was cool. Which but, was cool. I mean, it was cool to see because like 
America is a mess, but Canada yeah. seemed to have it together. Yeah. And then now all the outbreaks are happening um, amongst the Canadian teams, and notably Vancouver has a pretty bad one. And so TSN said the Vancouver Canucks received more positive COVID-19 tests Friday evening, adding to the already eight confirmed cases among their players. Wow. In addition to the new positive tests, a strain variant has been identified. Oh, my God. Um, so Farhan, I'm so sorry if I mess up his name, but Farhan Lalji, uh, who reports for the Canucks on TSN or just reports for TSN in general, uh says as uh because this was a report from darren drager so he says as drags notes some canucks players have become very ill i'm also being told that in some cases team medical staff may have gone to the homes of players to administer iv treatments wow yeah i've heard it's scary so this is like serious stuff yeah and it just makes me angry because um this is like a it's related but it's not about hockey so in baseball uh we had opening day a couple days ago and the Mets were supposed to play the Nationals. Yeah. And the Nationals have – they had an outbreak last yeah. season, and now they have another one. <laughs> but um, they had to – so they postponed the Nets the, – the Nets – the Mets-Nats <laughs> opening day. And I saw the replies on Twitter, like, this, this is why you don't doom scroll. But <laughs> this guy was like, why should they cancel the game? It's the Nationals' fault that they got COVID and that they should just play without the players – to that have covid and that if they don't have enough players that's on that's their fault why should basically why should the mets be punished and that's kind of that is so irresponsible to say yeah because if you have all those nationals players that have covid clearly everyone on the team's been exposed to it yeah it doesn't matter if there's no other positives aside from i don't know how many i think it was like five players and a staff member which is still a lot yeah but Everyone else on the team now has been exposed to it. I don't care about the contact tracing, whatever mm-hmm. device they have to wear or whatever. Everyone's been exposed to it. Now they're going to go play the Mets and expose them to it? Yeah, it's just, it, it reminds me a lot of the NWHL situation where one of the Riveters players who was, this was for like Lake Placid, so this is like January, February, when one of the Riveters players who was going to go tested positive, so obviously she didn't go before they left, but then like the rest of the team tested negative, so they went. And it's like, well, if she tested positive and she was playing with all these players, practicing with all these players, staying with all these players, like a negative test and like I feel like this is something that isn't exclusive to sports. I feel like this is just a world thing, but like a negative test doesn't mean that you weren't exposed or you aren't in danger. And I feel like with sports specifically, as soon as they get like that negative test, they're like, okay, we can go play. And I get it because like it's a business and they need to play their games and make their money and whatever. But I, I just think we're really seeing like how many people, fans and players and employees, just everyone, how much people really do value safety and the well-being mm-hmm. of these players and how many people just see them as, like, like little action figures that play sports. Like, I think exactly. the divide is very clear. That's the thing. Like, I, I even tweeted it. I'm like, people really do see athletes as, like, tools for their entertainment and that's it. Like, this is really serious business. Even – you. You see these full-grown, very physically fit, very generally healthy people needing doctors to come to their house and give them IV treatments because they have this virus. Yeah. It's not a joke. This is why the games need to get canceled because we don't want 
even more people to be hurt and sick. I mean, we've talked about it before. Rasmus Ristolainen got really sick from the Sabres earlier this year, and he's talked about it. Other athletes from across sports have talked about it. A guy on the Atlanta Braves uh, said that he like wasn't sure if he was going to wake up in the morning when he went to bed at night. Like That's, that's scary. Crazy. This is yeah. a full-grown adult professional athlete height of physical fitness and he's afraid for his life because he has a a super high fever from this virus it's it's not a joke and i hope that everyone on vancouver is okay um but it's it's just i think a a lot of people are showing their true colors with this for sure i agree i don't know if this is i I don't want to call it a hot take because i don't think it's a hot take necessarily unless somebody else does is does there come an opportunity where Vancouver just doesn't play? Is that a possibility, or or with how close? I, I know this shouldn't matter, but I know some people will take it this way because of how close they are in the playoff fight. Is, is that going to play anything into it, or do we just say Vancouver like get healthy? Your the safety of your players matters more with everything as bad as it's getting. Does it become? Is there any thought in anybody's mind just to say Vancouver shut it down? Hmm. I don't know. I think, well, I think we're at the point now. I don't know if the NHL, like how many days built in that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's going to come a point, if, especially if this outbreak is getting worse from what it seems like, that they might not play a full 56 games. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's almost absolutely. So I don't know about shutting it down completely, but I don't think, like, I think we're running out of time where mm-hmm. uh, games can get rescheduled to. Uh, that might be me talking out of my ass. No, you're. I've seen that. It's something like there's probably not a chance the NHL can schedule these games. I forget what the cutoff date has been. I think the last game is what on May twelfth, something like that. May eighth. Because I know like the Blues that. had a game rescheduled to the like, like a day or two after the season was supposed to end. So you're yeah. right in the claim that they are running out of time, and I think that's been said about the Canucks is. There's not much time the NHL has if they want to end the season or like the regular season when they do. That's the only reason I kind of brought that up is I'm like, and why I said maybe it's a hot take, maybe it's not, is is does yeah. that enter anybody's mind or is it just when you guys are healthy, I, finish what you can and we'll go from there? I think it's the latter. Um, I don't think they want anyone to really shut down because I think it's a – because the NHL is all about PR, right? So yeah. that's a bad yeah. look. Well, I mean, um, yeah. So I think, but so I think, I think they're gonna try to get them to like get, to get them healthy mm-hmm. and see how many games they can play. Um, even if it's just a, like a few. I mean, where are we at? They're at. Yeah, that's what I'm looking. They're, at. They're at 37 games yeah. played. So there's less than 20 games for them yeah. to play. Yeah. Um. So I could see them rescheduling a handful but not all of them and they're definitely gonna have to do points percentage for the standings oh no if that's the case um but the last day of the season is may 11th as of right now there's two games on may 11th um and they have to fit they have to award the stanley cup before the olympics start because of nbc Mm -hmm. so they are they are really on a time crunch yeah and i think that um to what ariel was kind of saying about like do you just tell them not to play I think when when that happens not to connect everything back to women's hockey but I think that um you kind of enter that dangerous territory of what happened with the NWHL and Lake Placid where 
Um, they took the Riveters out first because I guess they had the first, like, positive cases in Lake Placid. I'm not going to call it a bubble because I don't think it was. Um, yeah, but I I think they kind of thought they could operate with, like, just taking that one team out and just, like, moving the schedule around a little bit. And then Connecticut, I believe that Connecticut withdrew, like, by their own choice. I'm not a thousand percent sure, and obviously we don't have all the details. But then you're looking at, okay, you know, how many teams do we have? How many teams are taking themselves out? And obviously with the NWHL being six teams you know that's a lot smaller and it's a lot easier for that to kind of become impossible or fall apart if you take two teams out you only have four left but I think that for the NHL maybe it's not as big of a concern but I think they they would have to be careful if they want to do something like that because if you take the Canucks out okay yeah you have 20 something or expansions they have over 30 teams if they take one out big brain (laughs) but I I think that you have to look at you know, if if they say to the Canucks, okay, yeah, like, don't play, too many players are sick, what happens when another team has too many players that are sick, and then another team, and then another team, because it would, like you said, Sam, the NHL is all about PR, so if you tell one team, get healthy and don't play, and you tell another team, essentially, suck it up and play, that's not good PR, and it's also just not good for people in general, so I think that it's, you're going to have to walk that line very carefully if you do it, because I think if you take one team out, like it's going to be a domino effect and like 10 are going to follow just because of the nature of this COVID thing, (laughs) which sucks. But yeah, yeah. I agree. I I definitely think it'll be more towards the latter discussion of yeah, they're, they're going to finish the regular season, but not play 56. I think that's, that's the reality for, for, for them and maybe some other teams. Um, But yeah. So, I mean, they'll have to do points percentage For probably, sure. but that's not the end of the world. I think, honestly, sometimes I think points percentage is probably is a better indication sometimes of a team because of a team's, I don't know what I'm saying, of like how good a team is. Yeah. So... I think that'll that and for the most part I was just looking at the standings it won't change the final order of things that much the only big jump is in the central the hurricanes have a have a higher points percentage than Florida and Tampa who are who they're behind so they would jump to first place um but the rest were pretty much as it should be yeah. anyway um so another thing with the players safety um that was going on going on just being discussed on twitter i'm not i can't english today (laughs) um so connor mcdavid uh noted goon connor mcdavid oh i saw this um elbowed Mm. elbowed yasperi kokaniemi in the head basically i like there's there's no other way about this like open ice skated right up to him and hit him in the head like elbowed him in the head yeah um i thought he should have been suspended probably um I don't I care. Agree. I don't care if it's Connor McDavid. If you, if, because if you haven't seen it, Yesperi is at center ice. He passed passed the puck to someone else. A a significant amount of time later, I think. Yeah. McDavid came crashing in from left field, elbow up, smacked him in the head, and Yesperi Kokaniemi does have a concussion history. Yeah, I was going to say, not to scream, I just saw my little noise bar get really loud. Um, But yeah, um, that's what drove me crazy about it, not to go on a tangent, because 
you know, with research about things like CTE coming out and like players kind of standing up and saying like, hey, like they treat our concussions like it's nothing and we all just have multiple concussions and it's just normal. Like, I feel like that's something that as a player, like you're not, obviously I'm not saying that Connor McDavid should have every player's concussion history memorized. And I also don't think that he should have done that in the first place. But if you were, if you were gonna hit a player hypothetically, like let's just say he was going to do it and there was no way to convince him otherwise, like, well, Connor's just going to go do it. Okay. We have to go let him do it. (laughs) Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you not want to do it to a player with a concussion history? Like that's just, it's so bad. And I feel like thing was so reckless. It was so reckless. Like, yeah, you're Connor freaking McDavid. What are you doing? A, B, why do you have your elbow up? They teach you this. Like, I don't play hockey. And I know that when you hit and someone, I know this. you don't go like, th- I'm, you can't see, I'm making an elbowing motion. You don't <laughs> elbowing skate. gesture. You don't skate with your elbow all the way up like that. And yeah. you slammed right into him. And like I said, there was a pretty decent amount of time that had gone by when he had passed the puck away and Connor was skating for him. So yes, even if Connor had decided I'm going to hit him, he came at him so fast. Yeah. Way after the puck was gone, and he got fined. So he got fined $5,000, which is the maximum allowed under the CBA. Right. Uh-huh. They can't. So Connor McDavid makes so much money. Like Steve Dangle, I think, was the one that said that's the equivalent of like asking like a normal person for like $20. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so it, like, what does that teach nothing. you? What does that teach you? Exactly. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head by being like you're Connor freaking McDavid. Like in a lot of ways, he is like the face for this league, which I mean, does he does he show a lot of personality? No. Um, but in a lot of ways, he's like the best young player, one of the best young players out there, like from the moment he got drafted. Like yeah, he's the best so in many, the world. There's no denying that. Yeah. So many eyes on him in the hockey world and outside of the hockey world. Like if you're just somebody who watches sports, if you're just somebody who knows things about sports, like you know who Connor McDavid is. So I think that this display of behavior from him, um, not to sound like an elementary school teacher, but I I just think that him doing this, it doesn't look good for him. It doesn't look good for the team. It doesn't look good for the league. It, it just overall not a good look. And I also think that like, it kind of hit me like harder, I guess. No, no pun intended um, for <laughs> hard hit. But I think it kind of like struck me because he doesn't normally do this, right? Like exactly. he just goes and scores his little goals and is on his little bad team and like nothing happens, right? Like <laughs> the Connor McDavid way. So I think that that's why it kind of shocked me so much. And I'm assuming shocked you guys too, because this isn't like him. It's not like... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know we, we do have a lot of Capstan followers for Pucker Up, and I apologize, but it's not like Tom Wilson, where, like, if he did that, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's Tom Wilson. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I, I think that's why it's a little bit shocking. And also because of his own injury history. Like, right. so, so much of it just doesn't make sense. And if I keep talking about it, I'm going to get progressively angrier so I'm going to cut myself off now but yeah it's just, angry but you you have every right to be because I, I just think it's it's another example of how p- the department of player safety kind of fails the players oh yeah and I know that in the CBA obviously the PA wants the fines to be low but there needs to be some sort of consequence like significant consequence mm-hmm. so you actually learn from your actions because even a player like Tom Wilson who's been suspended numerous times 
over the course of the years. They asked him if he learned anything from the last suspension. And he said, oh, I don't really think about it that much. Which is terrifying. That's 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 terrifying. Like, and then, so he said that before the game. He said he he didn't really think about the hit slash the suspension that much while he was while he missed time and then in the middle of the game they showed a graphic with his suspension history and eddie olchek said i hope well i hope he learns from this he's not gonna he's He's not not going to he has no history of learning from it and i just in the same night uh either the same night or the next night after the mcdavid thing um nate mckinnon against the coyotes picked up someone on the coyotes helmet and threw it at connor garland I saw this too. Like full on yeah. banged him with a helmet. It became it became a meme. People memed it. There was a thread of like the the helmet hitting Connor Garland, but like to different noises. <laughs> and like, yeah, I laughed at it, but also like That's a few Is no one gonna acknowledge how dangerous that is and he didn't face any I don't think he was fine. No, I don't think he, he was faced fined any- the same exact oh, amount was- of money as Connor McDavid. Oh, he was fined five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars for an action that even like a centimeter more hits Garland in the face. Yeah, because yeah. I think it might yeah. have caught his chin, but that that's a few like centimeters from. That's what I mean. Like he's almost a few centimeters from just clocking him in the face, and we're we're talking about a whole other situation here, and we're making memes out of it. So the fact that yeah, I mean, again, I know we go back to this is a, the amount of money they're allowed to be fined when they make this much money or however much money they make is based on. But they can be fine. But so we're treating. See, I don't want to say we're treating those two plays the same because I mean they're both pretty dangerous. But the fact that both of those were worth five thousand dollars. Yeah. Like, I, well, Connor should have been suspended. I don't think. I, I mean, agree. Nate, I'm not sure if Nate should have been suspended. He doesn't have a history. Yeah. And when you're in the heat of the moment, you do something stupid. Fine, whatever. But like that was a head. That was a direct conscious decision to hit someone in the head with with your elbow mm-hmm. and you get fined the equivalent of $20. Yeah. And, and I think that this kind of goes back to, I feel like a lot of times when people want to debate, like whether a player should be suspended or fined or whatever, it goes into that conversation of like, what was the intended point of contact? Like, was he trying to hit him in the shoulder? Was he trying to get the puck? And like, I say it in this voice because that's I, I literally the voice. And it's, I get it. I too have defended a player on my team when they have done something dumb because they were on my team. We've all done it. Like, it's fine. But I think that that conversation is so dangerous because it's like, imagine someone trying to make that argument for the McDavid hit. Like, the intended point of contact was the knee, so it doesn't matter that he just directly elbowed him in the head. Like, I, He left the ice, too. His, his skates are off the ground when he hits him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It was I just can't. a. Ugh, it's just. It's so frustrating. It's upsetting, and I. I. Yeah, I agree that with Jen that if we keep talking about it, my, <laughs> we're, my we're brain, all just gonna get upset. <laughs> my brain might explode. Um, yeah, and I. I think it just goes back to the general principle of hockey best sport, NHL worst league, and I will. <laughs> I will stand by that. <laughs> nope, that's a valid. That's a valid point, and <sighs> there's already so many. Uh, there's so many other injuries that are unavoidable. So why, like what happened to Aaron Eckblad was yeah. a freak thing. So if those things still happen because we're, you know, skating 35 miles an hour on ice with blade, with blade shoes and we have sticks in our hands, why 
are we making it worse by letting these intentional things go? Exactly. You know, there, there's enough that you can prevent and there's enough that you can't prevent. I worded that wrong. But like, there's so, there's so much that you can't prevent, then why not work on what you can prevent? Exactly. That was beautiful. Yes. Thank I also, you. I also hope that Aaron Eckblad does recover because that was... Oh my God, yeah. The way he was smacking the ice after he got hit. That's when you know. Yeah. It was crazy. It reminded me of, so last year when Dougie Hamilton broke his leg, um, he, the ref skated over to him to see if he had to call over the trainer. And you can see Dougie say to him, I broke my leg. Ooh. Yep. Yeah, when even they know in the moment. Yeah, so Aaron knew that his, like, I'm shocked that it was just a fracture because in his leg, they said, the Panther said it was a fracture in his lower extremities. Uh, I'm guessing his, p- multiple parts of his leg are fractured. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked. I thought his whole, like, ACL, MCL, meniscus situation, like, was dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he had to get stretchered off. Yeah. So scary. And it's sad because he was on a Norris run, basically. He was doing great, Yeah. yeah. I mean, in my mind, it was him versus Adam Fox for the Norris, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. agree. <laughs> so it's just, a, it's a shame because, and the Panthers were like a really nice surprise this year. So it's just, it's just a shame. I was going to say, it's a huge hit for him and it's a huge hit for the team because he was doing so much for them this year. Oh, I hate it. Such a shame. Really such a shame. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, NHL, focus on uh, the intentional injuries, maybe. And try Maybe. to fix that. Maybe focus on player safety and fix that. I don't know. What Maybe do we just know? a little just bit? Just a thought. What do we know? Uh, so to women's hockey, there's. I mean, we have a little bit to talk about. Our brackets we're are wrong. we're completely wrong. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Both yeah. of both Jen and I and Ariel were completely wrong. Uh, yeah. So Boston won the Isabel Cup on home ice. They're the first team to win the Isabel Cup twice. Of course it's Boston. Of course it's Boston. Pain. Um, I thought it was a cool moment, though. They had So Boston just elected its uh, first African-American female mayor. And she dropped the first puck. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. sweet. And she apparently had been practicing it beforehand because <laughs> she wanted to get it right. That's so, so cute. I adore that. I think that's awesome. And she's just she's just set, set it, settling into office now, and she still made the time to to go to the game. So I think that's really that's awesome. really cool for like so many reasons. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, but the game was insane. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota versus Boston. It was a rematch for what would have been the Isabel Cup last year. And like I was happy with that. Like I felt I like was that was like a it. good story. Like, like our brackets were busted, but any <laughs> ultimately any final would have been a good final by mm-hmm. my standards. I just didn't want Boston to win, and that's full disclosure. Yeah, I mean, I I agree, but I also and we'll get to this, but I think that there are a lot of good individual stories on this team as well. Like Kaylee Fracken is one that comes to mind. Like yes, I I've been watching her probably since she was on the Riveters. That's like got to be three or four years ago, and. You know, seeing her finally become a championship, become a championship. Yup, she become a championship into the trophy. Um, but seeing, you know, I I have the roster up Kayla right now. Kayla is the Isabel Cup now. No, yep, agree. Um, but you know, you you had so many talented players like just Lauren Kelly is great. Mary Parker has been insane for years now. Tori mm-hmm. Sullivan, I said Kaylee Fracken. Jillian Dempsey is out of her mind. I was going to say Jillian Dempsey because. <laughs> was on the first Boston Cup team yeah if I'm not mistaken yeah 
So it was but, cool to see her win twice. Yeah, you just you have. I mean, I'm I'm literally just scrolling on their roster now. Yeah, like Brianna Maskell, McKenna Brand. Their goalie stood on her head. I mean, Minnesota threw oh my God, everything yeah. they could at her. So yeah. So I, I mean, for for as much as we're like UG Boston, I think that um a lot of those individual players make for yeah. like really nice stories. And you know, I I look forward to all of the like little history making things about the NWHL like the fact that if Minnesota won it would have been there first and with Boston winning like you said it's the first team to have won the Isabel Cup twice I think that that's pretty cool that you get something history making like either way mm-hmm. yeah. so um Allie Thunstrom's goal though the first goal yeah <laughs> she's so good I'm obsessed with her actually like she's she's insane <laughs> she's um, so good <laughs> but I do want to say there was also a dangerous hit in that game um, mm-hmm. there was an, in the, in the final, like two minutes. Um, so, uh, body checking is a penalty in women's hockey. I think everybody knows this, but mm-hmm. I felt like I should point it out. Um, because they do want to hit each other. And I think, I think hitting should be allowed. However, it's not allowed. And the, I forget who it was on Boston. I forget who the two players were that were involved, but the player on Boston, again, similar to, to the McDavid hit, and it wasn't a headhunting thing. I should say, clarify that this is very different from the McDavid hit. It was still a dangerous hit and it was a late hit. Um, So she was given, so the girl on Boston was given a major for that hit. And the Whitecaps were two goals down getting a five minute power play against Boston. So clearly the Boston coach was very upset about it. <laughs> so I have like, fine, you can, you can try to defend your player all you want because you want to win a championship. But it was what happened after that that frustrated me because Minnesota did score. They scored once. But at that point then, there was like 24 seconds left or something. Yeah. So it would be very, very hard for them to score again. And the Boston coach decided to challenge the goal. Which, like, what's the point? Just waste everybody's time and challenge the goal for goalie interference when it wasn't goalie interference. Yeah. And you have 24 seconds left before you win a championship. Like, just just let it play out. Just let it play out. I don't know. That was how I felt about it. I just thought it was unnecessary. I don't know no, how you guys feel about it. I agree. And I think that you have a lot of situations like this in just regular season games that arguably don't really mean anything where there's, like, point oh something seconds left like point oh eight seconds left and they're like we have to challenge this goal even though we're gonna win like if it's the difference between them winning five one or five nothing you know like yeah and, and I understand like when you get down to the wire leading up to uh playoffs like goal differential is a thing and like um goalie stats like I understand that but if, if you're playing in a game that doesn't really matter like why are you wasting any everyone's time and especially in a championship final albeit a historic championship final for the NWHL. Like, I, I just want to see them hold the trophy. Like, I, I just want to – why yeah. are we doing this? And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I just – I genuinely didn't think in that, like, in that moment, oh, Minnesota could tie it right here. Right, yeah. I wanted them to. I, wanted them to. I was hoping they would, but deep down we knew, like, Boston's solid defensively and their goalie's really good. I think they can hold out for 24 more seconds. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Um, So that was just my thought on it. I mean, people obviously could disagree with me. I just think challenging – it wasn't – if it was the tying goal and he challenged it with 24 seconds left, then I could see yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. But it just felt unnecessary when they were still up by a goal. There was 24 seconds left. They have a very strong penalty kill. 
it had been strong all night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you'll be fine. You'll win your second championship. Second championship. Yeah. Honestly, I I, I did me. look up um and and figured out the two players who were because I had I hadn't seen them Involved. play, so I just saw it now and yeah, that's bad. Um, it was a bad hit. I'm going to say hit. the name. I'm going to, and if I'm, one of them I know I can say Aldra Richards was the one who got hit. Um, yeah. Um, yes. Is it, well, Vanasova. I'm just going to go Vanasova. Is that? Yes. I, I think that's yeah. how you say her name. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I assumed so. it was Teresa, but I wasn't sure. Vanasova? Uh, I don't know. Um, She was the but one yeah. who made the she, hit. Yeah. And then Aldra Richards was the one who took the hit. It was late. It it wasn't mm. it wasn't a hit to the head. No, I don't it was believe, checking. Um, I remember it correctly. was checking from behind, um, right into the. Yeah, board, it was just it was right just hitting from behind, which is reckless, yeah. and especially when body checking isn't allowed. And there was a fair amount of time before Vanasova hit. Yeah, Richard. So it was it was just dangerous, and she should she deserved a major. So I'm glad that the refs called it the way it should have been called because mm-hmm. that was just dangerous. For sure, and I I think that's something important to mention. Um, when talking about these kinds of things, and I, I guess I didn't really say it about McDavid because I was feeling a little bit angry, but <laughs> I think just with Vanisova particularly, she's a great player, and I think she's one of the best in the league, and I don't think that this hit or this play should take away from that, but I also don't think that she should get excused because of that. Like, I think it kind of has to work both ways, and I, I don't think that women's hockey fans have a problem with that. I think that they're fine calling a player out on a dangerous play and also still thinking that they're, like I said, one of the best in the league. But I I do think that men's hockey fans tend to have a problem with that sometimes. So I don't know. I I guess it's an accountability thing. And I guess it's kind of like a, we say like check your friends a lot just in life, but like check your favorite players. Not literally don't body check them, but um, I mean, if you want to, as long as you're safe about them. If you're, if you're in the position to do so, who am I to tell you not to? But um, I just think it's worth saying that um, being talented shouldn't excuse you from making a dangerous play like that. But also making a dangerous play like that shouldn't excuse you from being a talented player. I, I just feel like it needs to be said because some people simply do not operate that way, unfortunately. It is very unfortunate. <laughs> yes. <sighs> but congrats to Boston. I the the pictures of them celebrating and everything were very so wholesome cute. and warmed my heart. So cute. Um, and we'll see what the next NWHL season brings. Yeah, I I definitely am interested with all the expansion stuff going around. Um, I'm interested to see what they do. I'm interested to see. Um, like Sam, you and me were talking about before we started, any kind of front office changes or personnel changes seems like there might be a couple shakeups. So I, I definitely think if you're not already following women's hockey, um, now is a great time to to hop on. Welcome. Yes, I was looking <laughs> to see who um, they just promoted to. Uh, they promoted someone in their hockey strategy department, right? And someone, oh, Shelly Picard left the NWHL. She said, uh, it's been an incredible experience to be a part of the NWHL, both as a player and in the league office. I've had a, uh, I've had the privilege to work with and learn from passionate leaders, from players and team staff to the board level who put the countless hours to make this league a success. I'm proud to be a part of the NWHL and can't wait to see what the future holds. Um, 
So, and then they promoted Lisa Haley to senior vice president of hockey operations. Right. So there's a lot of like surface level Mm -hmm. things. I think it's very similar to when Danny left. They're not really saying much. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it was all, it's all just, you know, people moving on to other things in their life and not Mm -hmm. anything, anything bad. Um, I still want to know more about the Danny situation though. Yeah, I think and it, if they're gonna name someone else, like because the the yeah. commissioner is still an interim label, so yeah, yeah, and I I think that's something that the NWHL kind of suffers from, and I don't know if it's anybody's fault, but I I do think there is a lack of transparency a lot of the time, and I understand it because you know they are a young league, and even before all of the stuff that happened um, around the bubble around January, I'm not even going to waste breath on saying the the name of the uh organization of the company that was involved but i think even even before all that controversy this year they had so many people just kind of waiting for them to fail so they could jump at them and be like i told you so like women can't play hockey haha get wrecked um so i i I understand maybe um a reason why like they that lack of transparency exists is they don't want to just openly say like yeah we failed or yeah we messed up so people can kind of like jump at them but I think they kind of owe it to like their fans and their supporters and even just their their employees their players their staff um to be a little bit more transparent with this stuff because like you said Sam we we know absolutely nothing about the situation with Danny Ryland that press release was teeny tiny and told us absolutely nothing so I that is something that I would like to see in the future from them is just a little bit more transparency, which they, they've been good about it with with other things in the past. Like, for example, the salary cuts in the first or second year, like we we knew everything about that. And that was great. Um, and I you know, obviously, as they grow, they're not going to be able to tell people everything. But um, I think with with this being such a turbulent time in sports, in their league, in every league in the world. Um, I think transparency will definitely be appreciated if they decide to go that route. Yes, I agree. Um, all right, so we're at about an hour, and I wanted to um, end with something, again, something a little more fun. <laughs> um, so I do want to know this. I mean, we've talked – because with the reverse retro thing, I think there's been a lot of talk about jerseys. Yeah. Um, so I do want to know from you guys two things. One, your favorite jersey that your team wears – that your favorite team wears. So, like, for I guess for me, it would be the like for me and Jen would be the Rangers, and then for Ariel would be the Flyers. And then your favorite jersey that isn't from your team. I have a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Ever it doesn't have to be like to have their rotation now. So you, I was you gonna could, say you could do like the Heritage or like one of the Winter Classic ones or whatever. That was my answer. <laughs> I was gonna say, does it have to be one that they currently wear? No, it doesn't because... have to be. It could be okay. ever. Now I have my answer. Okay, go for it. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. Think. My my favorite because the Rangers are my team. My favorite Rangers jersey um, is the Heritage jerseys from a couple years ago that they don't wear anymore, and I'm so mad about. Um, I just have like very vivid memories of like the 85th anniversary team wearing them with like the patch and like the little like off white collar, and Mm -hmm. and I like that it says um, New York instead of Rangers. I just think that's cool, and. those were the jerseys that the Rangers wore the first time that I saw them in person. So it holds a special place in my heart. I have one of them hanging on my wall. I have a Jesper Faust heritage jersey. I have because... one too, but it's Hank. That was a little <laughs> um, So yeah, those are my favorite for my team. And then I think... 
for a team that's not my team, I would have to say um, catering to Sam, the Hurricanes old thirds, the black jerseys with like the flag on it. I think those are so cool. I know that. Uh, yeah. I like kinda... the new ones better because it's actually a hurricane flag. That's my yeah. favorite. That's not, but yeah. Um, but I, I think that those jerseys get a lot of flack. Um, but I, I think they're cool. And I like, I like just like cool little details like that. Like the little like border around the bottom. I think that's cool. I, I'm just, I'm just a fan of little details. Like on, on the Predators jerseys, how like the inside of the collar is like a piano. Cause it's like music city. Like I think little things like that are cool. So that is my answer. Love that. Ariel, <laughs> do you have, do you have yours ready or? You I mean, I have the Flyers one ready and I don't know if my other one counts since technically I do like them. So I'm trying to think. That's okay. That's okay. Um, that's all right. I mean, they're not, they're not your number the one. Flyers. Team, so. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I really like their retro reverse ones. I, I kind of like the style they went with. I, I wasn't really sure about them when I first saw them and then I got the hoodie and I got a jersey, you know, so I was able to see them in person. Um, I kind of like a lot of their like they call them special event like the winter classic and the stadium series yeah like, the black mm-hmm. the orange and black from the 2019 stadium series yeah those are when sick. those mm-hmm. leaked those were the <laughs> ugliest things I had ever seen um <laughs> and then when I saw them in person I was like hmm huh. these are not mm. a trash fire like they look like um so I have one of those and I have one of the retro reverse and I mean I I really like a lot of their winter classic like that style they go with like the 2012 one was pretty nice and I think the black one is pretty nice but it's between the the retro reverse this season and I think 2019 stadium series and I said I didn't know if this counted because I like the blues too and that is but I never got to see them in these jerseys when they debuted um, but I know they're wearing them now as their thirds. Is I really like the baby blues from the yeah. They, yes, they put them in I the 2017 Winter Classic, and they've made them. They made them like the Flyers did. Um, with a couple of their Stadium Series uh, type jerseys, is then made them a jersey that they would wear, and they've kind of made that their third jersey. I think they wear them every Saturday, so they should be wearing them mm-hmm. tonight. Yes, love that for them because those are probably <laughs> my favorite because they're retro reverse. Um, I personally think God ugly, but there are people who like the, as they call it, clown jerseys. Not, that that ain't it. Um, but yeah, if I had to go another team technically, since they are my second favorite team, we'll we'll count it that way as I really like the baby blues, but I really like anybody that does the baby blues, which, oh, it pains me to say, I like Pittsburgh's baby blues. Um, I do too. Just because I like the baby blues and i yeah. mean going Love to baby the Blue. rangers i like the lady liberty ones like there's a lot of uh, a couple other jerseys if i go to other teams that i do like but it's it's the baby blues for me yeah i think like um like non-traditional kind of colors look really cool like you said um like the baby blue powder blue kind of colors and i mentioned the predators earlier like that yellow goldeny kind of color i think the colors that you wouldn't necessarily think of for jerseys look really cool like i i have a boston pride jersey on my wall and that's kind of like a golden yellowy kind of color and i think yeah. those are pretty um my favorite rangers jersey ever is the liberty jersey of course like 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 jen it it like her reasoning behind the heritage jersey the liberties have hold a very special place in my heart because i grew up with the like early 2000s mm-hmm. rangers and they wore them a lot and you know like when i watched mark messier play as a ranger like he wore those like it, it's just it holds 
that special place in my heart, right? Yeah. Like, and I just think they're so, so cool. That logo is so mm-hmm. cool. So when they brought them back as the reverse retros, I got so excited. I got a Panarin one for Christmas. Um, so I that's that Ranger jersey is really special to me. Um, I actually really did like their last winter classics ones, the dark yeah, the ones dark. with the white like, I like NY patch. Those yeah. are really cool. A lot of their jerseys don't miss. I just don't like – I'm not a big white – jersey person just because mm-hmm. they're see- they're see-through when you wear them yeah and i don't think they're anything that special so any away jersey is not really my style but any pretty much the rest of the rangers uniform i have no complaints <laughs> um i don't i like ariel said i don't know if this counts because i like the hurricanes are my 1a team um <laughs> But their third black jerseys are my favorite. I loved the old ones, and then mm-hmm. they got they got flagged because one hurricane flag isn't a hurricane warning. I think it's like a hurricane watch. So <laughs> on the ne- on the new ones, it's the same logo, but it's, it's two like, hurricane yeah, flags like that. it's supposed to be. Okay, I see that. Now. Um, but uh, but yeah, like Jen said, like this, they have, there's lots of small details they put into it, and I just really like it. And I think black jerseys are really sleek. Yeah. Um, so that's probably up there as my favorite non-Rangers jersey. Mm-hmm. I really love the Kachina jerseys. I think yeah. purple. I think purple is an underrated color in sports. More Big teams agree. need to wear purple. Um, the Kraken jerseys are going to be sick. Yes, I love the colorway. Um, any and any Mighty Ducks jersey, any form of a Mighty Ducks jersey, I'm into. See, I was going to um, mention that because I looked at those jerseys and I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about the the, the new ones the new ones the like sketch yes. ones i think are very uh controversial with people yeah. because either you love it or you hate it um i'm also really into uh calgary's reverse retro jersey Ooh, okay it's i think it's really sick um but the one thing i can't stand is uh dallas's highlighter oh thing my god with the neon green that hurts yeah it's like yeah. an assault on my eyes yeah, I, I know I just said that I'm a fan of more non-traditional jersey colors, but um, I, I it doesn't count with the stars. It <laughs> does not register. My eyes so much. I love the Kings purple and yellow. I think that's... See, like, I'm on the opposite cool. of that. I never liked their purple. I think oh, they're cool. I always but the I like, like you when said, they... I like the, the way that... I like the Coyotes, though. Mm-hmm. I love the Kachina jersey. Because I so like cool. the design, like, at the... And, and this just keeps going to a lot of the reverse retro, I think, hit the way they did yeah. it. So I, I, I yeah, like, like that the, little cactus thing at the bottom. I love the Whalers jerseys. But, like, that's sentimental because my mom used to work for the Whalers. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I wish Derek Stepan was still a coyote. I would get a Kachina <laughs> Derek Stepan jersey. I mean, I could still get it. He wore it. I think, like, jersey fouls are... You gotta watch out for them. But he... <laughs> He, he wore their old Kachinas, not the reverse retros, but he wore yeah. the yeah. original Kachinas. So I think I could get away with it still because he's the only coyote I really like. But Well, I mean, you're you're talking to somebody who has literally in my background, our, our listeners cannot see, but I have a Ryan Strom Oilers Reebok jersey. And he indeed did not play for the Oilers until the NHL switched to Adidas. So when he signed that jersey for me, he was like, have I worn this? And I said, no, I like. I, have not I like that he the fact that he didn't know and had to ask you though. The fact that he was like, Daddy. I, was like, I was like, yeah, you haven't worn this. I haven't worn it since you were on the Oilers. So just sign it. I'll hang it up. We don't have to talk about it ever again. I also don't think he's ever worn his 
Niagara Ice Dogs jersey that I have of his because I think that they changed theirs slightly um, after he stopped playing. So there you have it. <laughs> I, think, I, think I, I think I'm the same way too because I got a I got a Jeff Skinner uh, Kitchen, Kitchener Rangers jersey. Yeah, and. I don't know. I think I mean they haven't changed their uniform that much because mm-hmm. uh, it's very it's basically the New York Rangers jersey, yeah. um, but with OHL patches and everything. Mm-hmm. But every time I wear it, people are like, "Wait, he played for the Rangers?" I'm and like, be- <laughs> I have to be like, "Hello, OHL patches all over this damn thing." Yeah, really. Like, hello, but yeah, I think I think that's a, a total like a whole another conversation we can have about obscure jerseys that i was own. gonna say we could do a whole episode on the weird jerseys that we have <laughs> i i mean i have multiple brady shea jerseys i think i'm one of the only people that owns a brady shea hurricanes jersey and, I'm, and as you should i i mean eventually he'll sign it probably he signed my rangers jersey there you um go. but yeah i have i mean we could like i said we could talk all day about obscure hockey yeah hockey <laughs> things that we have not even just uh not even just jerseys. Like I won, I, I won a a stick. I did the trivia game at a pre, at a preseason Rangers game. Oh, I remember this. And I won a signed stick. I got it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's like one of those wooden like commemorative sticks. And I asked the person on the blue crew. I'm like, oh, who signed it? They're like, uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov. And he was traded two weeks later. Oh my god. So I just have that. I mean, nobody yeah. can see this, but I I I think you guys saw it on Instagram. The Cooper bobblehead, your bobblehead, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, where he's in his uh, Bakersfield jersey, but he's holding a guitar. I thought that was a pretty yeah. unique. Like the AHL really does those cool like giveaway things that aren't like the traditional like. For things. sure, yeah. I try to get my my friends, my some of my friends, uh, either have season tickets to the Marlies or frequent Marlies games, and they do bobblehead nights for uh, Leafs players that played. That are on the Leafs currently, but played for the Marlies. They they do like bobblehead nights for them. So they mm-hmm. did like Morgan Riley, Travis Dermott, and I'm like, I really want them, <laughs> but I have yet to get one. I was gonna go up for one of the bobblehead nights, and then I, I either it didn't happen because of COVID, or I just went up a different time. But yeah, the life of being a collector of sports stuff, right? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> But uh, I think that'll do it for Yay. a bunch of beauties this week. Another great week, guys. Yay. And hopefully maybe the Sabres will win another game. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they will. Maybe they play they the will. Rangers. They play the Rangers tonight, so you never know. Last game was close. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye.